Hello, and welcome to the SMTC podcast. I'm Courtney Makara, and I'm joined by Grant Gregorian. SMTC is a Society of Marketing Technology Consultants, which is a community created to educate and support anyone involved in the MarTech world as a consultant. In this podcast, we explore all that it means to be a great consultant from setting up your business or joining an agency to how to find new clients or keep your existing clients happy. If you're thinking about going into consulting or you're already a successful consultant, please join us by going to joinsmtc.com and become a member. It's free. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what's on your mind because we're going to tell you what's on ours. And today's guest is Heather Watkins, uh, formerly of Marketo and Optimizely of Better Impact Marketing and currently at Impossible Foods. What's your current title over at Impossible, Heather? The Director of Growth. Nice. Very exciting. Congrats. And you, Thank you. know each other from back in the Marketo user group days, right? So it's a little reunion for the it, is a little reunion. We were just chatting that it's all of us probably met eight years ago or nine years ago through the Marketo user group program. So who knew those friendships would just continue on and last a lifetime. It's true. How many fun experiences we've had, Courtney? Too many to count. Too many to count. Not to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, not to talk about. <laughs> so you did the transition of going from a full-time role, like a you know W-2 employee and decided to venture on your own and consult. And that's when you started Better Impact Marketing, correct? Yes. Uh, it was a little bit different of a, I wasn't just like, oh, I want to consult. Do you want, I can share a little bit more of that history of Please. why I jumped. Okay. So uh, mine is, is more like from a, a personal perspective. Um, I, me and my husband cared deeply about climate change and I was working hard as hell uh, at Optimizely, just like, you know, pulling crazy hours, getting no rest, just all the weekends, all the travel. And I was exhausted and like, you know, continuously not meeting goals and like feeling really stressed and it's just chaos. And then I was thinking, why am I, why am I putting all this energy into helping sell more t-shirts? Like I really want to something bigger and like use my skills for good. So uh, I joined um, Moving Worlds Institute and I learned all about the social impact space. And I, uh, I went through like a six month program. I went to Africa and volunteered for a few weeks. And then I came back and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, I, I'm going to do this by myself. So when I was in Africa, I was consulting with a, a cartoon company called Ubongo and they make, they're basically Sesame street, but for Africa and they make cartoons for kids. And I was helping them and using all my B2B skills, uh, to do marketing with them and like do partner marketing with them. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like I could like all of the skills that I've learned at Marketo and and Optimizely and a B2B tech can be transferred to any industry. So like, why am I withholding myself from expanding um, and just working with a lot of people and helping people? Cause I get a lot of joy out of that. So when I came home from my trip, I, I, well, during my trip, I actually started my business plan, started my website and I came home and I quit. And then uh, I immediately had one of my old bosses started a new company. She needed some help because um, she was just ramping and she needed some additional demand gen expertise and support. So I had a project right out the gate, which was lovely. And then from there, it just exploded. So that, that was kind of my entrance into consulting um, and why I, why I did that. And had, so Better Impact, I was half social impact, half, half mission-based, half um, 
so sorry, that's half mission based and then half tech focused. So I had a good mix of nonprofits and mission oriented B Corps as well as the normal tech industry because that's just where my network was. And it was really fulfilling. I, I, I loved, loved, loved every moment of what I was doing. That is so inspiring. I think your journey inspired me because I remember when you went to Africa and you're like, I want to use, you know, my skills and my knowledge and it is transferable. It's not just, you know, these SaaS companies that are in this, you know, 20 square mile radius in the peninsula of the Bay Area. They can really help businesses all over. So, yeah. You have any, um, are there any gotchas where you're like, oh, I would have done that differently? Um, fears of like imposter syndrome or were you just like diving in head first? Uh, of course I was terrified, um, starting, but I think I had a, a mentor partner and now one of my best friends, Ursula, who really helped me get into consulting and helped me with my pricing and my packaging. So I, I think having somebody that can look at your, look at your contracts, give you that, that extra set of eyes can give you a lot of confidence to pitch. And, uh, I, you know, I just kind of dove in and of course I was terrified, but like, there's no way, but forward. You can't just be scared and not move forward. And I know I pushed you over the precipice, Courtney, you were scared there for a while. And then now like this, you know, the, the ocean is so wide and there's so much pent up need for what we do. Um, and that's kind of why I, I thought like, why am I stuck at a company too? It's like, there's so much need. I'm getting hounded every day for jobs and everybody needs it yesterday. And it takes so, it takes a long time to hire really good talent to find somebody. So people are willing to like pay more for the three or six months that they just need you now. Um, and they're desperate for it. So uh, there was so much opportunity to just like get onboarded quickly. They didn't really, some of the companies just didn't even care how much the cost was. They were that desperate. So it was, it was actually super fun to, to go in and like, just, just kill it and, and build those relationships and build that knowledge set. And I, I was working like in HR and finance and I mean, in the industries of HR, finance, construction. So I, I didn't stick to just marketing tech. So I, I learned so much and built so much muscle during the, during my consulting years. And when you say, can you, can you explain just a little bit more about the focus of it, of the, yeah. what you meant by, you know, mission driven or what is that? How did that make you work differently? Because for example, you know, I could easily see you after Marketo, after Optimizely starting an agency and then you do, you know, demand gen, you do marketing technology implementations, all those, all those things that agencies do. How did, how did this like different spin, different perspective change how you worked and who you worked with? Yeah. So my specialty was really interim head of marketing or, or interim head of demand gen. So that's what I was pitching myself as. Um, and a lot of people are building that, those orgs out and build, trying to build that, that muscle. So I was coming in and just saying like, I'll build the whole thing for you and run it for you, manage your team, whatever. Um, so I, I would typically have two, you know, two clients that are managing the whole thing, the whole marketing team, which was very mm. stressful at a time. It's like, and, a, it's like a fractional CMO. Exactly. Exactly. Got that's it. what, that's what I was doing. And if it, there was product marketing work, that's not my jam. So I'd bring in Ursula to help with that. Or if it mm -hmm. was super heavy marketing operations, I would bring in a partner like Courtney. Mm -hmm. um, so there, it, I would always bring along people, um, which was super fun. Cause then I get to work with some of the people that I care 
most about. I mean, Roz, who's in sales enablement, is one of the, I just think she's, Roz Greenfield, she's at level two and three. She, I respect her so much. And I, we worked together at a few companies for a long time. And it was just so fun to have that partnership with somebody. Um, so I, I love that aspect of working with people that I care about deeply and love. Um, and, and being successful at it. So, and then, so that was like my, my, what my services were, but then the mission-based stuff of how I work differently, I, I would say it wasn't too drastic. Um, I, I was working with a lot of tech companies cause that's again, where my, my, my network was, but then, um, I started like working with nonprofits and you can apply a lot of the same principles to what we do in demand gen and marketing operations to their businesses. So like with nonprofits, like it's not, instead of being leads, it's donors, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's just so much re replication and expansion that you can use with your skill sets to help other people outside of our small network of the Silicon Valley tech stuff. So uh, it was really rewarding. It was really rewarding. I see. I remember um, I was at a I was working at a tech company at some point and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I also wanted, I, I kind of had feelings like, Oh, what am I doing? And I, I also had all sorts of uh, causes and things that I cared about, you know, on the side on when I'm, when I wouldn't, was not at work, but at work, it was very like marketing operations, marketing analytics. I'm like, I'm just like spamming people and trying to get them to buy this tech tool, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was valuable. It was actually like a really great you know, solution for the industry for, you know, in its own right, but it wasn't any of the, what you might consider to be like nonprofit or mission-driven causes. And I remember I was like, oh, uh, how, here's how I'm going to, you know, uh, kind of satiate that is I'm going to start a nonprofit thing within the company. And so I volunteered mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, we're going to do all these volunteer initiatives and who wants to sign up. And so within the company, I started like this volunteer club and we would go to like local organizations and like help them with, you know, whatever local team building things that you could do as a tech company on, on weekends. And I remember I was doing that and I was feeling pretty good. Like, Hey, I'm blending the two worlds and like, this is all good. And I remember I got a letter uh, from one of the like head engineers at the company, like an email, like unprompted. And the email was really long. And he was like, hey, Grant, like we don't really work together, but like I see you because of the volunteering thing. And he was like, I think it's stupid. I think what oh. you're doing. Yeah, he was like, I think what you're doing is misguided. He's like, if you want to volunteer and if you care about these causes, you should like do that on your own time. Like you have plenty of time outside of work. Don't bring it into work. Like I come to work because I just want to do my job. I don't want to be volunteering. I don't want to be having, you know, all this like extra stuff. Like that's not what we're here for. We're here to work for this for-profit company to make it wow, successful. That's shocking. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was really, you know, early in my career. And it really, and this person was like way older and way more senior than me. And it really wow. shook me. I was like, wow, like I, 
That's not normal, Grant. That's oh, really? not normal. No, no. I mean, all the good companies, especially in Silicon Valley, are, have the one 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 model, and they're encouraging people mm. to be engaged in their communities. And there's so much data behind if you have a mission driven company or if you're actively doing it, you actually have higher returns in in your um, in your stock price and in your business like ROI. So I, I have so mm-hmm. much data and research on this that it's you cannot just be for profit only. You have to certain investing in your employees and in your communities and like have something that ties you together in your mission. And you're seeing this, like even Asana, they're, they have such a really, they have amazing um, culture internally where it's not just volunteering, but it's how they treat one another. Like mm-hmm. they're, they, I think they might be a B Corp or I know they're in the B Corp circle and they speak a lot about it, yes. but there's so many of these really, and Salesforce, like they're the icon for this. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed that some of <laughs> Say that to you because that that is the future of our growth and that's what we need in 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 business generally like people don't want to work for some company that is not doing nothing and uh not creating value in this world right and yeah. not not caring about their employees or not caring about others in their community like screw them i i'm really shocked about that so i yeah. i would and i also think though it's more than volunteering we need more people that are are building technologies for good especially now that we're seeing the implications of what Facebook has built and Google has built. And we, we've got to start investing in technology that is going to help society because it's, it, we're starting to spiral, but that, that's a whole nother story. No, no, <laughs> but, I, I'm so, no, I'm yeah. just so happy that you said that because um, I know that a lot of, a lot of folks really uh, have feelings like that, like, Hey, am I really helping? And then, you know, they also have kind of self-doubt when, when they do get involved within the, within the company, like initiatives mm-hmm. or whatever, like, is this enough? Is this misguided? It's a horrible culture. It, yeah. You know, it's and it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a confusing, it's a confusing like corporate space um, to be navigating. And I think that's another reason for why consulting is so great. Like don't hold yourself back to old school thinking and, and things that are not aligned with your values. You know, you should be working in a company that you believe in that has a culture that enriches you, supports you and is, is doing good for the world. So I, 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 that, and that, and part of consulting is you have the freedom to work wherever you want with the people you want to work with and create the culture you want to work with. So um, if it's not there, then do it on your own. Was my two, as long as you've made as long as you built that bench of expertise and you can bring it with you, I, I do not yeah. recommend consulting to people that just are a year or two out of college yes. or a year or two in a role, like do not do it. But if you have the ability and you have the expertise to do it on your own, it's you, you can, you can do whatever you want. So. Yeah. And, and just to let you know, like that letter did not demotivate me. I, Good. I continued to, to, to promote the volunteering efforts, but I, but I, but I think I was more, I was more cautious about it and I wasn't so self-righteous about it anymore either. I was a little bit more, um, I don't know, respectful of people who, who didn't want to sign up or who had other obligations or other things. I, I was like, okay, I get it. Like not everybody's like me, you know, uh, recently, no kids, just like a young professional with all the time in the world to, to volunteer on weekends. Like it's everybody's in their thing. And this is just for those who, who are available or who want to participate and that's it. Mm. And, and there are, and there are other, uh, uh, opinions, but I, but in, but now not that, I, you know, I have been uh, freelance consulting, um, your point about transferable skills are exactly on point. Like I, 
you know, this is like election season and uh, there is uh, all sorts of opportunities for us marketing people to contribute regardless of which political camp you're in. Um, I have, I've, I've been doing, I did like two month stint at a couple of political campaigns and it was so fun. It was so gratifying to use all the same, you know, email marketing, like on the marketing side, you know, ad, advertising skills that I learned in B2B marketing on the campaign trail and learned so much about like donations and pitching, um, but in the political sphere and it was incredibly fulfilling and I would definitely do it again. And I had the freedom to do it because I was a freelance consultant. I love it. That's awesome. I love that the idea that Heather says about sharing your knowledge and, you know, why doing, what is it, 40, 60 hours a week for one company when you do have these transferable skills and you can have, you know, different irons and different fires. Um, Heather, how did you manage? One thing is, you know, a new consultant is managing your, you know, bandwidth and how many hours a week you're with a certain client. Were you doing you know, charging people hourly or doing more retainer-based? Um, and it might be a little bit different since you were doing that, you know, interim CMO role versus, you know, Grant and I are more on like a technical build, but you, you mentioned your pricing and packaging that Ursula kind of coached you through. I'd love for you to share what you uh, and Yeah, Ursula always really pushed me for, <laughs> for doing project-based work, which was like really overwhelming to scope everything. And I know you guys do that a lot too. It's just, it's really hard. So what mm-hmm. I, especially, I think, especially when you're managing a team and you're, you're coaching and you're creating campaigns and you're being like an interim head of marketing, right? You're part of the leadership team. So I scoped a lot of my tech companies on how many days a week I'd I'd be working with them. So I'd be like, all right, I'm doing two and a half days. This is X dollar, you know, it's an X dollar daily rate. And then this is what you'll get. So, and then I would put basically like a job description of the kinds of things I would do versus deliverables. So I worked a lot with people like that. And then the other, you know, day or two days that I would have, um, I would give to other companies. And like, usually those would be project-based or, uh, you know, smaller hours where I just needed a few hours with them a week. So, I, I mean, I was running really crazy though. I was, it was very chaotic for a long time. I think this Q1 this year, I had six clients that I was running marketing full time for three of them. Like it was insanity. Um, so I, I, I definitely pushed myself to limits. I made a ton of money. Like that was amazing about it. I've, I made more money in those four or three years than I ever, I think probably in my career. So that, that was awesome. Um, and, and like I could take off Fridays and I could donate and I could, like we moved to Portland. Like I just gave me so much freedom to do, to do what I wanted, uh, which I really loved. So I would, I always said I would never, ever go back and, uh, <laughs> go back to the real life. But I like, you know, we can get into that next, but I, I loved what I did. The, the other thing I did though, is I, I was really thought I, I was trying to, hire and mentor um, women, especially women of color into tech positions. So I had tried a few interns to um, like invest in them, teach them the ropes. It was really hard because that was another job in itself where you were having to build skill sets from the ground up and teach them. So some of them didn't work out. Some of one of them is super successful and I'm so, so happy for her. 
that she's landed in a, she's landed at a social or at a, a mission-based company called Exigy, who's actually my client. And they, they build software, but for like city and healthcare and, you know, just governments in general. Um, and so like they built the, the housing portal for San Francisco for affordable housing. So they, they do really cool work. So she's now there and doing really, really well. So it is, it's fun too, to have that as part of your mission of how you build them up mm. and into other out, outside of your company. I didn't, I did not have them as employees. I do not want the stress of employees. And I've seen it so many times where people hire employees and then they're stressed for that next gig. And they have this dollar amount that's giving to somebody else that's promised. It's just, it's really, really tough. Um, so I always just, I, I did contract work with them and I paid them really well and I paid an hourly rate. And like, if I didn't have the work, I, you know, I didn't have to pay them. And if they did have the work, like they would have, they'd make really good money. So they loved it. And, and then they could have, you know, write off things. Like I taught them the way of how to run, really run their business. So that, that was fun too, to be able to teach other people how to, how to run it, especially at a young age of how to run their business and think like a, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, your story struck me is the original incentive to like go to consulting was you said you were working all the time and you were like and then and then you're working all the time again but now but it sounds like the difference is you had much more control over the type of work that you were doing and who you and how and who you're working with yeah and i think that the other piece of this and grant you don't have the experience but in in when you're working in a company um you always especially as a woman like there are places there there are times that you are that you are harassed there are times that you are put in your box there are times that you don't get the promotion like and i'm not complaining but it is reality uh that it is still an old boys club um you know at every company that it's just a very uncomfortable feeling so for me to write my own destiny and not be reliant on this this you know the systemic uh sexism that is inherent in in companies and i'm not saying that like optimizely is a huge sexist place i'm saying in general companies across the board and especially being consultant you see it rampant right just Mm -hmm. like crazy rampant um i didn't i didn't want to be beholden to that i didn't want to be beholden to the the shit you have to deal with in the politics internally anymore and you know i've had a few situations that were really uh, hard to deal with and like you don't have any power so when you're a consultant and you can do whatever the hell you want and you can release a client if they're if yes. they're horrible to work with so I had a few of those situations where I didn't I you know the CEO was nasty or you know the company was really just disgustingly political and I just had I could walk away and you you can't when you're an employee it's so hard you're beholden to that paycheck and that health care and it, it's just it's you know it's like a it's like you're imprisoned <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard that before. And it's, it's, so I think what I'm hearing is that you're saying it's not even that consulting has less of those problems inherently built in. It's just that because you're more, you have a more diversified portfolio, you, you not, 
you know, you're not beholden to any one particular client. And so if they suddenly start having all sorts of weird, you know, vibes, then you could just peace out and, exactly. and, and, and move on to somebody else. Whereas you have a lot less opportunity to do that when you're full time and you're, you, you feel like you can't, you can't quit. That feeling yeah. is so, is so strong. Like I've, I've thought about it. It's very like psychological. There's gotta be like some studies about this where like, it's really not that, like you can just quit and get a new job. You know what I mean? But when you're in a job, it feels like it's so much deeper than just a job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does. It's, it's interesting. It's the health insurance is part of it, but I also feel, you know, transitioning to consulting, I'm now getting paid like once a month or I'll get paid, you know, a big chunk for like a three month contract instead of that every two week paycheck. And it's changed my personal relationship with my own money and budgeting and, you know, how I look at finances. I look at it for like a 12 month period instead of like two weeks. And it's been actually really good for me and really eye opening. But I do think it's like a psychological thing about these, you know, two week paycheck to paycheck, that life is totally uh, different. Yeah. So, so why in the world would you go back to a full-time role? <laughs> I know I, I, so I was so happy and I always said, no way, no way. But again, going back to why I left tech in the first place. And I wrote this whole blog on LinkedIn that was like, why I left tech for good is because I want to work on climate change. Like we are in an impending doom and we're all feeling it, especially with wildfires right now. And, uh, I, how can I, how can I miss the opportunity for impossible foods? So my old boss, Jesse, it optimizely, um, went to YouTube and Google, and then she landed it as the SVP of marketing over at impossible foods. And of course, like that is my dream, like that they are really helping to solve, save the planet, um, and reduce carbon emissions. Cause animal ag is one of the biggest carbon creators in the world. And if we can reduce that need to slaughter animals at scale, but have the same taste, like what a beautiful mission. So uh, I, I've been working with them since December. I was doing part-time consulting. I came in and was like an interim head of growth as a consultant. And um, I wasn't willing to move back to San Francisco. There's just no way in hell, but then COVID happened and uh, you know, everybody's remote. So they looked at me as a potential for, for, for being their head of growth while I'm in Portland. And, you know, I get to work with amazing people, work on an amazing product. And like literally every day I get to spend time and get paid to work on climate change. Like I just, I, I pinch myself every day. I mean, I'm working insane hours, like more even consulting. I was working until 11 last night. Um, and there's just so much to do and we're growing so fast, but I, I'm like, it's worth it. At the end of the day, we're going to save lives and we're going to save, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being, I don't want to like overdo it. We're going to save humanity, but it's like, at least I'm making an impact of some small, small way versus like pretending it's not happening. So that, that's why I, I jumped. Well, I recently came back from a three week uh, road trip where I completely got addicted to the impossible breakfast sandwich at Starbucks. <gasps> I is- love that you love it. It's so good. It is so good. It's so yeah, great. It was, it's so easy. It's so simple. And I'm like, yes, of course, this is superior to the other sandwiches. And I mm-hmm. and it totally got addicted. But I, do you, um, do you miss it? Do you miss the consulting or how would you, how would you describe like the, I mean, it, it sounded like it was the right opportunity with the right people at the right time, but do you, can you kind of zoom out from, from your career point of view, you're kind of going back and forth between, 
you know, yeah. a few years consulting, a few years. And I have this theory uh, of the proper, the, the well-rounded career as having that kind of oscillation. Cause you kind of go deep within a company and you, you power up in one way, which can then gives you all this, all these superpowers that are super helpful for you to then step back and be a consultant, which then mm-hmm. gives you all these superpowers that are super helpful when you come back in. Can totally. you talk about that? What do you think about that theory? I, I love that theory. And I, I, for, for me, I was always hoping that I would start my own company. Like that was my goal is I, I wanted to create a new company that was working on the world's greatest challenges and that, uh, you know, like I could do it in a, a different and unique way, especially being as a woman leader. I, you know, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Like it's just not my time yet for that. Like I was working on some plastic stuff. Like I've, I've been trying to think of what are those companies that could be big and the next thing, cause that's just the muscle that I wanted to build. But I, think going into an impossible foods where I, I get the B2C experience. Like I'm literally running consumer ads right now and working on consumer campaigns. And we're talking about, you know, a TV ad buy, like this is the stuff I'm working on that I would have never touched ever, ever in B2B. And, uh, it's like, so I'm learning and absorbing so much. And I know that this will just help me either create my next company or like move on to something really huge. I, I mean, I'm so fortunate because impossible is like one of the biggest, like growing the fastest company. And I, I just, I'm going to learn so, so, so much that I can use forever. And I, I love consulting, but you know, my end goal is to create a company. And I, I think this is what it's going to be. This is what will help me build that muscle that I need the most. That's really cool. Do you think that the stuff that you learned in your consulting years, I think you did about three years there, maybe, maybe a little bit longer was also step in that journey as well. Like all the, oh. the of pieces to what is eventually going to be your, your stone company that you'll build someday. Yeah. I, I counted, I had, I consulted 16 companies in that three year period. I was like, Oh my God, that's just crazy amounts of people mm-hmm. that I was working with. But so I, you know, I think I learned uh, a lot about interpersonal relationships. I learned a lot about time management, customer, customer experience, um, client experience. There, there was so many things that I learned, and especially being, I was in FinTech, I was in HR. Like, again, I was just across the board that I, I'm absorbing so much um, about different pain points and needs that I, I think is just so powerful that I would have never gotten any of that opportunity to learn if I stayed in house. I would have been only focused on AB testing in e commerce, like whatever the thing is. It's so, it's so small um, when you stay at a company for so long. So being able to open my eyes and just get so many different experiences was just incredible. That is great. 16 companies in such a short time frame. I mean, that's better than even getting like an MBA. Like that is really a craft course in, in growth and marketing and business management. That's a really cool way to think about it. I'm going to have to go back and count my, my number and see. Uh, I love that idea. That's cool. Well, thanks Heather. This has been, you've shared so much and I, this is the most uh, unique interview that we've done for, for SMTC, but I love it. We've touched on some really awesome things. So thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you too, guys. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to one day uh, read about an IPO, Heather Watkins company or <laughs> whatever <laughs> the, the next big thing will have been. That'll thanks be again. fun. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, guys. Okay. Take care, everybody. 
Okay. Thanks. And thank you for listening to this episode of SMTC Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening to uh, this on. The ratings make this podcast better and make it easier for other people to discover it as well. Also, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, join the SMTC by going to joinsmtc.com and join as a member. It's free. It's just a newsletter. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Bye.